God has placed upon my heart. There's no greater time to preach than when the church is ripe and ready and that the, the ground has been broken up and the fallow ground has been, uh, you know, busted loose and the Spirit of God is here this morning. His presence is here and we feel Him and we know Him and we know and it's evident to us. But I, wanna, I, I just want to read a few portions of Scripture and uh, I'll just take off here and just let the Lord lead me. But Acts chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty wind. And it... as I'm sorry, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. We don't want to leave that out. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were filled, all filled, with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Go with me over to Isaiah chapter 4, it's Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 4, beautiful scripture here. But in Isaiah chapter 4, in verse 2, the scripture says this, In that day shall the branch of the Lord, which is Christ, be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall purge the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. Uh, I'll just read this. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a defense. And uh, I want you just to remember that part of verse 4 where he says, by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. And then I want to read one portion of Scripture out of Jude. You just have to turn to Jude. There's only one chapter. And, uh, you know, Jude 17. And this is what it says. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. And it's capitalized, so it's the Holy Spirit. But ye, beloved, he said, that may be them, but this is to you. This is to you and I today. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. That means it requires an investment from you in things of the Spirit, in prayer and, uh, and being built up in faith. Uh, he says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, that's a spirit-filled prayer life, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Let's pray over the word. Father, I thank you today for this time. I thank you for the visitation of your Holy Spirit already. God, that we're here in the will of God. And Lord, that you're going to talk to us this morning in this assembly. And God, minister to our hearts on this wonderful Pentecost Sunday. We thank you for the Word of God, your Spirit and presence. God, I ask you today to anoint these lips of clay. Let me speak with a tongue of fire, God, that would stir up the gift of God in people, Lord, as you speak through me. Let the words, Lord, begin to encourage and begin to stir, Lord, a freshness, Lord, and a fresh fire and desire. And Lord, carry us into the coming of the Lord, which where we're living in the last days, God, with faith, and we'll be strengthened, Lord, and fired up 
and ready for your return. We thank you for it. In Jesus' most holy name we praise you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God's good today. Amen. He's good. He does good, the Bible says. And I, I'm just, I'm so excited today. You know, I'm preaching this message entitled, entitled The Fire of the Holy Ghost. The Fire of the Holy Ghost. And you know, I felt this was fitting, being that it is Pentecost Sunday. And for you that don't know what Pentecost Sunday is or what Pentecost is, it is not a denomination. It is an experience in God. Amen. And so, but Pentecost, I'm going to give you a short little uh, historical information on it from the Bible. But out of Leviticus, it is that 50 days after the Passover, Exodus and Leviticus, but it's 50 days after the Passover. So go back seven weeks. And you'll have Easter, or just a few days before Easter, which was that Good Friday. But it is the celebration, Pentecost is the celebration, was and is the celebration of the harvest or the first fruits. And we know on the day of Pentecost, there was a great harvest, amen? There was a tremendous harvest. The Bible says in that second chapter of Acts, it says that 3,000 souls were added that day whenever the power of God fell, the Spirit of God fell upon them, and Peter began to preach, and thousands, 3,000 above or about came to know Christ Jesus that day. So we know there's power in the Holy Ghost, amen, there's power in the Spirit of God, and we need the Holy Spirit fire in our lives if we're going to be effective in this hour that we're living in. If we're going to see God move and stir our hearts and lives, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I've just simply pre, uh, entitled that this message today that the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I was thinking about this on Pentecost Sunday or on Pentecost in the book of Acts Thousands were added on that great harvest day. Yet there was a significant symbol that shows up every time God does something. Amen? Every time God does something, there's a symbol that shows up in the Word of God. And it's a powerful symbol. And that symbol is fire. Amen? It's always fire. It was the fire at the brazen altar that God showed up and said, I accept the sacrifice. It was the fire uh, in the burning bush. Amen. Whenever God began to speak to Moses through that burning bush, it was a burning bush, a fire, a bush on fire, but not consumed. And then we also know on Mount Carmel, there was a fire. God answered by fire and licked up the sacrifice. And there was and is still the fire of Pentecost, the fire of the Holy Ghost burning in the heart of God's people if you come to church here and you like what you feel it's because somebody paid a price to be full of the Holy Ghost and God poured it out upon them and we come here with the fire of the Holy Ghost and that is why we experience what we experience amen and I'm going to explain something to you this morning that I believe will help you to understand why we're so passionate about the fire of of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Before I get into the purpose and workings of the fire of the Holy Spirit, I want to address the absence of it because we're living in a day and a time where there's an absence of it. Satan always attacks and perverts or changes the attitude towards a truth that God has given the church. He always attacks and perverts what is the greatest threat to him. That's why, and I don't care what anybody thinks about what I'm getting ready to say, uh, that is why, that is why there is so much teaching, uh, 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 you know, against in modern day church, 
teaching against tongues, against the movement of the Spirit of God, against that instead of embracing it. And we see nothing but people come into church bound, go out of church bound. We see them bound up. We don't see them convicted at all. You don't see a change in their life. There's nothing different. They've added Jesus to what they are. I'm not here to judge. I'm simply here to say that when the fire of the Holy Ghost is ablaze in a church in a preacher in a congregation and the spirit of God is moving things are going to happen these signs shall follow them that believe we got people sitting in this room today and not one or two or three but several and they came into a Holy Ghost filled environment demon possessed but God set them free and they're sitting here today because of the power of God if God hadn't sent you into a Holy Ghost filled environment you'd still be bound today but you're not bound no more Amen. There's people that came in. They were nothing but drug addicts. But God set them free. My God, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, but you hear nothing but modern day teaching in churches. And they teach against the baptism and tongues and the evidence of it, uh, you know, almost with a disdain. They, they, they teach it and preach it with, with disdain when in fact it mentions two more times in the book of Acts the outpouring of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And it also, Paul the Apostle, taught on it. He said, forbid not to speak in tongues. Amen. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he gives one of the greatest personal, uh, you know, uh, fruitful things about it, and that is that we are edified in our spirit. The church, I want you to know, you don't, you, you don't need to listen to the deadheads of religion no matter how popular they are. I believe that, you know, all things should be done in decency and in order. I believe that there should be tongues and there should be interpretation if it's operating in that particular gifting in the church. But there's a prayer in tongues and there is a gift of speaking in tongues to be used as a message to speak with an interpretation. There's a lot of people in the church that pray in tongues. They're not... They're not uh, feeling like they're being used to speak it with an interpretation they're praying now I believe that you know the Pentecostal church has got down all things should be done and then you got the Baptist and other organizations that say in decency and in order but you got to have it both amen you can't completely throw the baby out with the bathwater, and you can't let it just become pandemonium but where the spirit of God is in operation in balance and harmony and in decency and in order God will move in a mighty and a powerful way so we cannot be in an environment where it's absent the spirit of God must be there must be here so don't listen to the deadheads of religion. I don't care how popular they are. I don't care how big their churches are. You know what I found? They end up sending their demon possessed to somebody that will see them delivered. And that kind of aggravates me a little bit. But the Lord said, just let it go. I sent them there. And you, what do you need to be aggravated or frustrated about? You and the church and the people that are in your midst, the Spirit of God's upon them, and they're seeing people set free. You don't have anything to be insecure about. You don't have anything to feel inferior about. Amen. You got the goods. So just go on and be used of God. Amen. Not everybody wants to be free. Some people want to live in their bondage. They're happy in their bondage. They're happy in their depravity. He said, but there's going to be people that are going to come and they want to be free and I'll send them to you. And it ain't just the demon possessed. It's people that need help in their marriage. It's people that need help in their life. 
People bound by anxiety. People bound by depression. People bound by grief. Amen. Why are you so authoritative today, Pastor? Because I can tell you, we must have the fire of the Holy Ghost to fight against the enemy. Because I can tell you, the enemy comes with an authoritative force. But the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. You got to fight back with authority. You got to fight back with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost to be ablaze in our midst. And it's Pentecost Sunday and we're going to preach it. Hallelujah. Number one, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost because it consumes. It's a spiritual fire that consumes. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says He is a consuming fire. And the fire of the Holy Ghost consumes. It begins to deal. The bonfire in the, in the book of Acts in chapter 19, verse 19, there was a bonfire in Ephesus, and they burned up all of the curious books, all of the books of philosophy, all of the books of witchcraft, all of the New Age books of that time, and all of the writings. Paul said they all got saved, and they brought all their trash and threw it on the fire heap. Amen. That's what needs to happen in, in our lives. Not just some of us, all of us. We need to bring all the things that are not God and burn them in that altar. You understand? Put them upon that, that fire. Get rid of it. Let it be completely consumed that it does not come back to bother us again. You can't hold on to things. you got to get rid of them. When a lady come in here, got right with God, and, and she, she was bound. We, 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 we cast the devil out of her the first time she was in church, and I knew this is going to take a little bit more than just an average prayer meeting right here. So I said, we're going to fast and pray. And so about Tuesday, or maybe it was Wednesday, I said, that's it, I'm hungry, and we're going to go cast this devil out. You laugh, but I'm going to tell you right now. I said, we fasted, we've prayed, and we're ready. And we went to her house. And we cast that devil out of her. Amen. And I told her, you need to get all this trash, all these witchcraft books, all this occult stuff, everything, and get it out of here. Because you don't want to be seven times worse. You better just give it, throw it away and throw it in the trash. Get rid of it. We'd like to have burned it. She threw it in the trash. I said, bury it in the bottom of that dumpster. We don't want anybody digging that out. Amen. My dad got saved and he took his pipe collection and he threw it in the trash. It's a friend of his said, why don't you give that to somebody and sell it? He said, why would I take what's my bondage and put it upon somebody else? Don't give them your sin. Don't give them the products and the, 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 the whatever it is that caused you to sin. Throw that in the trash. Amen. Come on now. I'm telling you today. God's talking to us. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to be ablaze because it's, an, it's a consuming fire and it'll consume up all those things that seem to so easily beset us. Praise God. Some people need to, they need to get rid of their phone or they need to put something on it so they don't continue to go back to the things that they've always done. Amen. There's relationships that you have to sever sometimes. You have to just get rid of that because they are your downfall. You know I'm telling you the truth. He is a consuming fire. You know in Joshua, I believe it's chapter 7, might have been chapter 3, but Achan's sin was dealt with by fire. Sodom and Gomorrah burned with fire. I don't like judgment any more than anybody else does. But I can tell you God is a consuming fire. And He's a God of grace and He's a God of judgment. I don't want to be the focus of His judgment. I want to be the focus of His grace. And the only reason I wouldn't be the focus of His grace is because I choose judgment over grace. So, Achan's sin 
ended in a fire. Sodom and Gomorrah burned in a fire. And don't act like God wasn't gracious because there was an intercessor named Abraham that begged God, brought it all the way down from 50 all the way down to just a handful of people. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you, I found the fire of the Holy Ghost burns up, consumes what God hates, which is sin, rebellion, and acts. Amen. Of it. The actions of sin and rebellion. There is a real purification that happens when you allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn in you. I'd be morbid if I sit here and all I did was preach about how the fire consumed people. But they weren't innocent people. They were guilty people. But I believe if we cry out, I know, don't just believe, I know. If we cry out to God, we're in a time and a season of grace and God's mercy and love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So there's hope today. You can be hopeful. Amen. I don't have to be a, a, a you know, somebody that is the focus or uh, the one that has been picked. Not picked, but but a, not only even use the word victim, but of a consequence of my sin become something that God judges. Amen. I want to be on the other side of that. And you can be. There's nobody sitting in this room that's beyond the grace and love and mercy and reach of God. You're here today in the will of God, and God can save and deliver and and and, and bless you, and that's what He wants to do. Hallelujah. There is a real purification that happens when you allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn in you. Isaiah chapter 6 clearly reveals it takes a coal off the altar to purge our lips. Did not Isaiah say in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up. And he said, in the midst of the presence of God, I realized I'm a man of unclean lips. We had somebody come on Thursday and, and, and they said, I came in here and I was feeling pretty good about myself. But I'm going to tell you, I feel like I felt before I came here worse. And I just, it kind of took me a minute, kind of took me back. And I just blurted it out. I said, well, you know, conviction makes you feel guilt. You could have got in that altar and God would have lifted that from you. And you could have went out of here like the rest of us did, singing about His grace and that my chains are gone. But see, what happened is God revealed to you your depravity and your sin, but you chose to stay in it. So when you stay in it, of course it's going to be nothing but torment and pain. But there can be a change. You don't have to live that way. Praise God. There's hope. Jesus Christ is our hope and glory. But, but reading this, I thought, you know, King uh, Isaiah, rather, in the year King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord, and he said, in the midst of God, in his presence, he said, I realize that I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't even praise God because I don't have clean lips. I don't have a right standing with God. But he said... He said the seraphim took that coal off of the altar, which was an altar of fire, placed it on my lips, and he said, now I've got these clean lips, amen. And I can say, here am I, Lord, use me. God, not only through the fire of the Holy Ghost that we experience in our midst and in our life, cleans us up, but he puts a desire in us to be used for him. Why is there so much impurity among God's people? Because we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's why. It consumes up, consumes that which is in you that is displeasing to God and that is sinful. You can't worship God rightly without the fire of the Holy Ghost. Buckle up and get ready to say something. Some of you are going to go, eh. There is a strange fire worship today. Oh, it's strange. It's a strange fire. It's a strange fire that stands up and says, I'm worshiping God, but I'm living like I always have. Nothing's changed. That's why 
And I'm not here to pick on anybody. In fact, I'm going to leave them nameless. The Holy Ghost just told me. But in a big-name church in the United States, you can see celebrities and musicians come into their midst, be on the platform, be up there singing and everything else. But yet, the very next day or two days later, you're, you're seeing the ungodly life that they live. See, it's a strange fire. But yet... We sing their songs. We listen to their songs. We don't even think anything about it. But I'm going to tell you something. There is a real fire and there's a strange fire. Amen. There is a strange fire. Strange fire worship. It's unholy. When God only accepts holy worship, Aaron's sons offered strange fire. But they offered it. It was considered worship, but it wasn't accepted. In fact, they died. Because of it. Saul offered a, a, an offering of worship. God rejected it. Not only did he reject it, but he rejected his place as king. The woman at the well was a worshiper. Because she said, we worship here. You Jews worship Jerusalem, but we worship. And Jesus said, you don't even know what you worship. You worship, you know not What? But we know who we worship because we don't worship a what. We worship a who. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We need the fire to bring us in and draw us in like Moses did at that burning bush so God can bring revelation of the holy. Take off your shoes, Moses, for you're standing upon holy ground. The closer you get to God, the, the more He wants you. And you'll realize, i got to shed this stuff of the world. And He'll bring revelation. He'll bring His vision. He'll bring His will. He'll bring His empowerment and His power. Moses realized, I'm getting ready to fight a devil in Egypt. In the midst of that fire, he said, I'm supposed to go down there. What am I supposed to tell him? Go tell him that the I am sent you. I am that I am. And he said, how am I going to do that? He said, oh, throw that rod down on the ground. He reached down there, threw that rod down, and it became a serpent. Read your Bible. He told him, now pick it up by the tail. He picked it up by the tail, and he held it up there. Amen, amen. You know, a lot of times people scared to death of the devil, but I'm going to tell you right now, God's given us power over him. He said, you can take him by the tail. Amen. You, I've given you power. Don't let that be begin to frighten you. I've given you power. Amen. Grab him by the tail. When you get the fire of the Holy Ghost, God begins to reveal to you, you've got power over anything that the enemy comes to bring. You've got power over those devils that begin to possess people. You've got power over that which binds people up in addiction and in perversion and in bondage, in vile vices. Are you hearing me today? God said you've got power Amen. You got power. Just get in the midst of the Holy Ghost as Paul began to put wood on that fire and it began to blaze. That old viper come up out of the woodwork and lashed upon him and everything was meant to frighten him, but he just shook it off in the fire. How do you deal with devils? You just get the fire blazing. Are you hearing me? Amen. I've done... Shouted myself out of my tie. Take care of that right there. I don't like wearing them anyway. I'm not bound, I'm loosed. If I found some nice ones I could clip on, I'd wear them. I'd be afraid they'd be flying everywhere. <laughs> Come on now. But Moses realized, I'm getting ready to fight a devil in Egypt. And that voice in the burning bush gives you faith. That's why we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. People have come down and they've gotten the altar and they got up and they said, I got my answer. God spoke to me there. He gave me a faith there. Paul just shook off that viper. They looked at him. They said, oh my goodness. First they thought he was wicked. Then they thought he was a god. He said, I'm neither. <laughs> I'm just a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm here to show you that God is alive and real. Amen. Amen. I was in, I was in uh, uh, Havasu 
uh, this last week and coming down to get by the water where the dock was and everything. And here I'm walking down there, and there was a woman down there painting a hat. And I walked past her, and the Lord told me to go back. So I went back over there, and I said, ma'am, I said, how you doing? I thought, uh, you know, not that I was interested in buying her hat, but I said, do you sell those hats? She said, I do. She only had one. And she said, I'm not done with it yet. I said, well, that's good. She goes, I'm homeless. I said, I knew that because she had I'm homeless on her backpack. And so I just told her, I'm here. We're just kind of relaxing, you know, just taking a couple days just to get away. We love to just float on the water. And she said, that's good. I said, do you live here? Yes, I live here. I said, really? She said, I've only been here a month. They came over and dropped me off here. And I said, well, I said, it's better than being in a cold environment. It is. She said, I was in Venice Beach for 10 months until they dropped me off over here. And I said, well, you just keep painting your hat. And I started to walk away. And I went back and I said, you know what, I want to I ask you a question. And she looked up at me. I said, has anybody ever told you about Jesus? Anybody ever told you anything about the Bible and about how God loves you? She said, her voice changed. She looked down. And I mean a deep voice. She said, I know everything about the Bible. And I went, hmm. She said, it doesn't work. And I said, oh, you're wrong. I said, it works for everybody. And I said, I want to leave you with one thing. And that old devil in her said, I'm not interested. And I said, but I want to say something to you. I'm not interested. God said, walk away. There are going to be people on that day that God sent people to, and they rejected them. You know, how can we stand before a just God and say, I never knew when we did know. I never had a chance when we did have a chance. God's going to roll back that videotape and he's going to say, remember when the street ministry came to you? You know, look, folks, I'm going to tell you something. You're still working for God even if they reject you. Because those that Jesus didn't see saved, he for surely walked away and they knew they were damned. If they don't get right, they're lost. You understand? And so we don't want that. I don't want anybody to be lost. And I'm not preaching that way. I'm telling you that I did what God told me to do. And it was probably... Knowing that she knew the word of God, it was many times people have talked to her about God. But there's that devil wants to make an absolute fool out of you and make you think that that kind of life is better than living a life for Jesus. Amen. Wants to make you feel that way and think that way. But the fire of the Holy Ghost will cause you to realize there's something more. He'll give you a faith. And there must be that fire of the Holy Ghost that He reveals Himself. That's why people will come to church and they'll leave because they're not interested in the truth. They're not interested in God really changing them. When He could, there's power there to change them. There's power there to change their situation. And people sitting in here, God has changed you, and you know that, so it works. He works. The fire of the Holy Ghost must be. That's why we need it. That's why it must be preached. We must have the fire of the Holy Ghost because it prepares the meat or the meal of God to be savory. Jesus called out to Peter in his backslidden state or in his, I don't want to use the word apostate, but at least in his state of living in failure and the consequence of it, or the feeling of, I might as well just go back to fishing and forget this preaching bit. But Jesus is on that shore, and He calls out to them, have you caught anything? No. Cast your net on the other side. And that's when we preach on Thursday. John said, Peter, that's Jesus. I'm telling you right now, I've heard that voice before. 
And on the shore was Jesus barbecuing fish and toasting bread. And when they came forth, he said... Come and dine. Amen. The master's calling you. Come and dine. Sit down here. And God doesn't expect us, or He knows that raw fish and uncooked bread, there's nothing savory about it. It doesn't taste good. Maybe you like sushi. I like it cooked. But that old raw fish up there with that eyeball looking up at you. But you can take some of Butch Tom's catfish, battered in cornmeal, drop down in that hot oil, and it is good. Amen. It's about time for him to make me some more. I was just thinking about it. He said amen too. Praise the Lord. But there's something savory about that bread and that fish as it's sitting there on those hot coals. It makes what God wants to give to you savory. And there's an appetite for it. There's no appetite for that which is raw, but there's an appetite for that which is cooked. Amen. Nobody goes in there and goes, "Mm, that fish smells so great in its raw state. Nobody does it. They go, oh my gosh, it smells so horrible. But you get that fish a-cooking and you smell those savory smells. God is trying to say to you and I today, He said the reason we don't desire like we should the things of God is because there's no fire to make it taste good. Not that it's not already good. But we don't desire it. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why you come to a church that's full of the Holy Ghost. That's why you're here and not somewhere else. Because you want that. You understand that that's something that's attractive and tastes good and will draw and will fill and is a blessing. You don't belong to the first church of the frigid air. But the one that's got the Holy Ghost. Listen, when Peter was at his lowest, a denier, a failure, it was all made savory again through the fire and the feeding of Jesus. Amen. The fire. Come and die. Do you have anything to eat? No, I do. Could it be that we reject God's word, his substance as inedible because there's no fire to make it savory? Listen to me, church. I'm going to tell you something this morning. We all sit under the same ministry. We all come to the same services, feel the same Holy Ghost. But some people, it never moves them. Some shout, Amen. Which means, I agree, Lord. Others shout in disagreement within themselves. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't agree with God, you're in, you got problems. you got trouble. We cannot be in disagreement with God and His Word. We can't make our own belief system. You can't just make the Word say what you want it to say. You have to embrace the, God, the Word of God. And so we must be in agreement and you'll have people sitting in the same service and some will shout oh man, shout amen and others will sit there and they're in disagreement. They don't like it. They couldn't get out of the place fast enough. But I'm going to tell you it's what they need. The enemy in them, their flesh is telling them you don't want this. But I'm telling you right now you do want it or you wouldn't be here. You want something that's going to touch your life and you feel something. Amen. Amen. I preached for a long time. There was a couple that came and they were here for a couple years. And the, the, the wife, she immediately got in the altar like the first service. She was on fire for God. But the husband, I mean, it was six months. It was six months. I'd preach and preach. I thought, man, that guy, I'm going to tell you, take a stick of dynamite to move him. 
And one morning the Lord said, I want you to preach on the unpardonable sin. The, 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 the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And you know, somebody asked me about that just this last week. Blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is this in a nutshell. It's the rejection of the Spirit of God. Because the religious saw Jesus casting out devils. And they said, ah, he's a devil himself casting out devils. And he said, I'm going to tell you something right now. He said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils in your presence, he said, you ought to have enough sense to know the kingdom of God is among you. Because a house divided cannot stand. If I'm casting out devils in the name of Beelzebub, amen, how can I stand if I'm divided amongst myself, if I'm fighting my own self? He said, I'm going to tell you right now, you guys don't even realize what you're doing, but what you're doing is. And he made this statement. He said, you can blaspheme the Father, you can blaspheme the Son, but when you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, he said, it's unforgivable. And I'm going to tell you why. Because once you do that, you are saying in essence, you're, you're, you're cutting off God's last and final ditch effort to get a hold of you by His Spirit. So if He can't touch you with His Spirit, how can you be saved? You have to be a person that's moved by the Spirit of God. So be very careful what you say about the Holy Spirit. It is a rejection, discounting, absolute rejection of the Holy Spirit. I watched a man in this church years ago, probably 15 years ago. We were having church, having services, probably about 2010 maybe. And 2010, we're having church. And the Spirit of God was moving. And God was, we had an altar call like we did before service. God was moving. And I preached, preached, ministered, exhorted. And he just looked up at me. He got up and he walked out of the building. And I remember he was a boyfriend of a, of a girl that came to the church and hadn't been here in years, moved out of state. But, but he, he left, and it was about four months later, they called me, weeping, said he blew his head off. I said, you know, I said, if he would have just responded instead of rejecting the truth of God's word and his spirit wooing, you know, church, I'm going to tell you something today. We need to stop and really, really think about this fire of the Holy Ghost and how much we need Him. What a glorious thing it is. Don't look at it as something that you say, you know what, I don't want to have any part of it. No, I want to have a part of it. Amen. I want it to be in my life. And so, you know, uh, some, as I said, sit in under the same ministry. Some shout amen, some shout in disagreement. Why? Because no fire to prepare the meal and make it something that's good or tasty or satisfying in their own lives. They're not allowing the fire of the Holy Ghost. See, when the Spirit of God begins to move in people, they begin to make movement towards God. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer with some people, but whatever it takes, they're on their way. We preached it several months ago, if not a year ago. They're not here yet, but they're coming. They're coming. I always look at people and I say, I haven't seen what I want to see in their life, but they're coming. Amen. They're still coming. They're still in the house of God. And so, you know, thinking about that, in intervals in my life, God has reminded me, you did run well. You left your first love. And that's because we need the fire of the Holy Ghost to stir that up in us. That's the, that's the grace and mercy of God. That's the grace and mercy of God. It, the Holy Ghost fire is what softens the heart as he said in Isaiah 64 2 and the, he softens the heart of the people and makes nations tremble at his presence we were in Israel and the woman that was the owner of the uh, tour company Lavana we were in the garden tomb taking communion in Daryl Turner was preaching. She sat over there and just wept. A Jew, a Hebrew, doesn't accept the Messiah. She goes, there's something. I saw her afterwards. I thought, this is my moment. Amen. I went over there. We become friends. She said, there's something about Daryl Turner when he speaks. 
I said, Lavana, it's the Holy Spirit. That man is full of the Holy Spirit, and he's preaching truth. I said, Jesus is the Messiah. Whether you believe it or not, he's the Messiah. And one day, the Jews are going to realize it. And I said, he, he is just full of the Spirit of God, and he's preaching. And what, what I found was so awesome is the fire of the Holy Ghost in him cut through not only that, that Judaism that, you know, refuses to accept the truth of Jesus as the Messiah, but all along that time, we're taking communion, and that old Muslim bell is going off. Heard it. Daryl said, don't pay no attention to that. Don't even listen to that. Don't even let it bother you. Take that communion. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God still fell with the, the devil's religion screaming its bell. You say, well, they're not. You, you're, you're, you're wrong. Amen. That, that's false religion. There's only one true religion. Amen. That's Jesus Christ. There's only one way. The Bible says only one name under heaven which man can be saved through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, they said, you know, we be Abraham's seed. He said, before Abraham was, I am. You just made yourself equal with God. People say, Jesus never said he was equal with God. I said, oh, yes, he did. He said, when you see the Father, you see me, we're one. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And it says that the Word became flesh, John 1, 14, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The Word. Jesus is the Word. He's God in the flesh. Amen. Oh, my God in heaven. When that resonates in you, you'll understand that fire begins to make you understand and moldable and, 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 and allows God to remake you because you're softened. He can do something with you and make you a vessel of honor. The fire, not only, amen, there's so many things that prepares you. It, it, it makes that, that the Word of God be something that you take in that's just so tasteful to you. But that fire, listen, unites you cooks in here, you chefs, you people that know how to cook. Uh, the fire, when you begin to put that food under that fire it begins to blend and unite all of those ingredients that's why they tell you put that butter in there with that garlic it blends together you put it in the meat you put it in and all of a sudden amen it just unifies in that meat you can you i've had people you put sliced onions in meat it never even touched it but you big enough you could pull it out of there and i got a sister she can taste something, say, there's onion in that. I say, ain't a stitch of onion. Yes, it is. Because it became unified with that meat under the heat. Well, amen. I guess somebody cooks in here. Amen. But I'm trying to tell you, the unity of metals comes through fire. Much of the unity of food comes through fire. God's people are unified through the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's all kinds, different types and unique personalities in this church. We all are one body and we're unified by the Holy Ghost. God told me years ago, He said, you want unity in the church? Just begin to pray. Get that fire of the Holy Ghost to blazing in there. He said, it will heal everything. Everything, it'll heal it. It will begin to burn out that which is not God. It'll cause people that don't like other people to go to them in a service and tell them I'm sorry, forgive me I want us to be united, I want us to be in unity because fire unifies, do you hear me? Fire unifies God's people are unified through the fire of the Holy Ghost marriages are unified through the fire of the folks I'm preaching better than you're shouting the fire of the Holy Ghost will unify you with your kids unify you with your wife unify you on the job It'll unify. That's what he does. That's why we need him. That's why we need the fire. And God's people are the two men on the road to Emmaus. We're walking back 
after the resurrection and Jesus is talking to them and they said, did not our hearts burn? Burn within us. They were saying, what you felt, I felt. Oh, there's so much revelation and truth in so short a scripture sometimes. Did not our hearts burn within us? Oh, how God wants us unified in vision and purpose and fellowship with one another. Why? Because it empowers us. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And this is the end times. We need the Holy Ghost to empower us in our walk. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to keep us on fire so that we hear and recognize and are ready when the bridegroom cometh. The virgins didn't know when the bridegroom would appear but the only thing that mattered was that they had oil for the fire in their lamps. Amen. Oil in your lamps to maintain the fire is all that matters. Let us not get caught up in the specifics of His return, but being ready for His return. And know that the fire in His eyes may be a terror to the wicked, but it's a cheer to the redeemed. Lord, let the eyes, let the, the, the eyes of fire, a flame of fire, let them peer into my heart. Whatever you say, God, deal with me. I don't get upset because God deals with me about things. I want Him to. I welcome that. God, reveal it to me so I can get it cleaned up. Reveal it to me if I've got ought against somebody. Reveal it to me. I don't want to go through my life, you know, saying, I just want the blessing and the good things that God gives, but I'm not going to let Him peer into my heart with, a, with eyes of fire that will say, I see something that you don't see. we got to trust God, amen? And we got to trust His all-seeing eyes of fire that will begin to peer into our life. Amen. That's why we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. It'll unify you and God. Because without holiness, no man shall see God. You know, church, I don't care if you know every historical thing from the Bible or every prophetic utterance about the coming of the Lord. If you're not right, what does it matter? We must be right. We must know Him. That's why we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Almighty God. Oh, we need Pentecost again. My God. Well, you got to know this. When you're desiring holiness, you aren't threatened by a holy God. Let me say that again. When you are desiring holiness, you are not threatened by a holy God that preaches something. You don't sit in church and go, well, I ain't going back there. He done made me mad. People have left. And I said, hold on here just a second when you walk back in the building. The same person that you thought was a devil, okay, is still here. I'm not a devil. I'm not off. I'm on. Amen. I'm, I'm still here. Okay, you, 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 you come. I want you to be here. But I want you to know, I ain't changing what I'm preaching. I'm still going to preach the truth. Amen. Because see, what happens is people get out there and they realize, you know what, it's a wilderness. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. We cannot find a church. We cannot find a church. Folks, listen to me. Your spiritual life and where you receive the word of God and where God has placed you and planted you should be the first and foremost most important thing in your life. Amen. I had a friend and he lived in Brea and he moved an hour and a half away. Can't find a church. I said, that should have been the first thing you did. You should have made sure before, because it doesn't matter how big of a house you got, brother, if you don't have the house of God to go to. 
that should be the very first, first thing that you do. Make sure that's the most important thing spiritually. Because you can get out there and you'll be like Lot. And it'll take an Abraham in Genesis 14 to have to come down and rescue you and bring deliverance to you. Not once, but twice. When, when the kings begin to come down and scoop them up in chapter 14 of Genesis, God began to, amen, you Bible theologians know what I'm telling you. God sent Abraham down there with his armed men and not very many of them, but they went down there and got Lot and all of his family and all of his stuff. God made the devil give back what he stole. But it took somebody that never left, that stayed the course, you hearing me? Have you ever been out of the will of God, Pastor? Absolutely. I've done things. I've been places. I've went places. I thought, why in the world am I here? Why am I here? God said, I never called you here. Never called you. Sister Skiles and I, we were we weren't in living waters about a year, maybe a year and a half, 1995. And and my brother called me and he said, you know, uh, uh, there's a church up here and they want you to come up and try out to be the assistant pastor and worship leader. So Sister Skiles and I got our our, our little windbreaker coats because we live here in California and we flew up to Michigan. You know, they paid for us to go and we flew up there and they told us you're going to have an Indian summer. It's about 50 or 60. I thought, praise God. We got off the airplane. It was 28. Sister Skull said that was a first sign. It wasn't God. We got in that church and it was deader than a doornail. Oh my I led, preached, everything. They were ready to hire me on the spot. Amen. They were ready to hire me on the spot. This is for this church. And here I am, 1995. And, and I, I, the whole way home, I thought, Lord, I want to be in ministry. He said, yeah, but you don't want to be out of the will of God. Because if you go there, amen. He said, you're going to be in a wilderness. Something killed that up there. And you're going to have to fight that which killed it to see it resurrected. Not that God can't do it. But church, I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't have the fire of the Holy Ghost, it happened to us. That's why we have to be full of the Holy Ghost. We have to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. We have to desire it. We have to be smart enough spiritually to know, amen, I'm not going to let the devil come in the midst of our church and destroy the unity. We have to be unified. We have to endeavor to be unified. My Lord in heaven, we have to. You have to step back and say, this is bigger than just me or my feelings or whatever. I have to know every one of us from the pulpit to the back door, every Every one of us, church, whether you're a member, a leader, a pastor, whoever, every one of us in here has to stop and say, I need the fire of the Holy Ghost because if I don't, the devil will come with the extinguisher of sin, with the extinguisher of the flesh, with the extinguisher of things that are not of God to destroy a move of God and will become like everybody else that died. We have to. Say, Lord, I'm going to be full of the Holy Ghost. And whatever you deal with me about, I'm going to respond. Because the Bible says there wasn't a feeble one among them. Everything was common. They were unified. That has to be us. Oh, God, help us. It has to be. We have to know that. And church, you have to step back and say, I want that. I want that. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost, please. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. In my family, in my church, with my, with my spouse, with my children, with my friends. Amen. Amen. I, this is my brother. Amen. If I knew there's anything, I'd go to him. I'd say, hey, listen, man, I love you. You've been here from the very beginning. Amen. I love Israel. That's why Israel's still here. Amen. We're brothers. Praise the Lord. God planted him. Amen. He's a, he's a, he's the original. Amen. I don't want to say OG because I was told not to say that, but he's one of the originals. Amen. He's one of the originals. He's, he's Seventh-day Adventist original. Amen. Praise God. We, we got him out of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Praise the Lord. He come over. He says something real in here. Amen. I feel something powerful. And he's still here today. We need the fire. We need the fire. 
My God. And God wants that for our lives. Mighty God. Do you want it? Do you want it? Amen. Amen. As Lupe comes, come sis. I want you to stand to your feet. If you want it this morning, you say, I want the power of the Holy Ghost in my life, Pastor. I want the Spirit of God. I want Him ablaze in my life. Amen. It's not going to just come by somebody coming up and just laying their hand on you and you're getting a goose bump or something like that. But it is going to be as the Spirit of God begins, as you begin to, to, to seek God and seek His Spirit. Bless you, sis. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As you begin to seek Him, as you begin to ask Him, fill me with your fire, Lord. Fill me with the fire of the Holy Ghost. He will this morning. Would you, would you begin to respond to the Spirit of God? This is our altar call this morning. I'm not going to beg anybody to come, but I'm going to tell you, maybe even if you don't do anything but just come up here and stand, just say, Lord, I want more. I need you, Lord. I want that fire of the Holy Ghost. I need you more now than ever. This morning, God's talking to you. He's speaking to you. This morning, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesse, would you put up that song, Search Me, O God, and Know My Heart Today. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be unto your name. Church, this is your opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, come. Let the Spirit of God touch you. Let the Holy Ghost cause you to be ablaze. To be ablaze. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Key of C.